This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. First up today, a catch-up on the E-Madani programme, which kicked off just a couple of days ago, um, which is a one-off 100 ringgit e-wallet credit, which um, essentially, if you meet the following criteria, you can apply for. If you're Malaysian, you're age 21 and above as of this year, and you are either a recipient of Sumbangan Tunai Rahma or you earn an annual income of 100,000 ringgit and below. Yeah, so the Prime Minister said that the initiative would benefit about 10 million individuals and would cost the government about a 1 billion ringgit. Uh, now, uh, those who are eligible have until February the 20th, 2004, uh, sorry, 2024, well, 2004 would be a long time ago in the past, uh, to redeem these e-wallet prov- uh, providers. Um, sorry, the re- redemptions can be made with the e-wallet providers. Maybank's uh, MAE, Petronas Settle, uh, TNG's Digital and Shopee Pay. Now, interestingly, um, the 100 ringgit cannot be used for certain things. So peer-to-peer transfers make sense. Um, But then there are also things like cash redemptions, utility bills, government fees, telco bills, online games, parking toll payments or online transactions. So... Because of that, I think there has been quite a lot of uh, chatter around. In fact, from when it was first announced, I think the main thing that I've been seeing flooding social media has been uh, complaints, actually, typical. Um, Not necessarily of the program, but typical of, I think, any time you try and get lots of people to redeem something because uh, people experience difficulties with redemption. Um, Others felt that they met every one of the criteria, but that for some reason it still wasn't approved. I think there's also been pretty heated conversations and comparisons over which one of the four e-wallets will actually be best considering the criteria that exists, right? So which one is going to get me the most bang for e-buck, so to speak? Yeah, so there are going to be people who get it who are unhappy and then there are going to be a lot of people who don't get it who are going to be unhappy. Or maybe they've come to terms with the fact that, you know, the government is trying to uh, alleviate some of the pressures, the cost of living pressures on a certain group of Malaysians that are struggling and that this is really something that we should accept. If you are earning more than 100000 a year, maybe it's okay that you don't get it. Yes, uh, and, and I think that that is something that not just for this government, but increasingly is maybe just something we all have to learn to accept over time, <laughs> you know, that that's the way of it. Now, um, the Treasury section, Datuk Johan Mahmud Marikan, has said that despite some minor issues in claiming, uh, more than 10 million applicants have already applied online. I will say that just anecdotally speaking, even within my own family, two people applied, one of whom has gotten it and the other of whom hasn't, even though both are equally qualified. So I think that there is some... Uh, it's interesting to see the process work out in real time. Well, I wonder if there's a, a mechanism to actually, um, well, I mean, if you complain, will you be able to I think you can respond? reapply. You can reapply, yeah. is that how it works? Okay, <clears throat> so some so people are getting it, but some people who should be getting it aren't getting it for whatever administrative yes. or bottleneck in the system reasons, right? So the question, I guess, for us is that what is the government's larger purpose yes. in doing this? Will it achieve it uh, in through this initiative? And if overall, 
aggregate level, will everybody be happy that this happened rather than not? And outside of personal impact, I think that there is also a larger economic question, which is what we're going to be exploring with our guest. Um, we'll be speaking very shortly with Associate Professor Dr. Ahmed Razman Abdul Latif, who is an economic analyst from Putra Business School. We'd like to hear from you, though. Have you redeemed your e-Madani credit? Uh, what do you think of the program overall? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It is 5.14 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharad. We're talking today about the E-Madani program and redemption, which kicked off just a couple of days ago. And we're asking you uh, if you qualified. Have you redeemed your E-Madani credit? What do you think of the program? That number to call, 7733-2900. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now, we have Associate Professor Dr. Ahmed Razman Abdul Latif, Economic Analyst from Putra Business School. Dr. Razman, thanks for speaking with us today. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, so firstly, what did you think of the E-Madani initiative? Uh, does it do enough to address the needs of the Rakyat? Well, in my opinion, the purpose of the government's initiative to disburse this uh, 100 ringgit in e-wallet credit is not to substantially boost customer spending eh, in the short term. But the real objective is actually is to widen national e-wallet adoption to transform the economy by accelerating the adoption of digital wallets and cashless payment as part of the digital economy uh, initiative. I, I believe that widening this kind of uh, adoption, this e-wallet adoption, is one of the financial innovations that will transform the economy of the country. So, Dr. Razman, I mean, having said that, uh, many economists and analysts have been weighing in on the, the net effect of this initiative on the economy. So, um, economist Dr. Jeffrey uh, Williams has said that the $1 billion allocated for credit uh, will have very little impact on the economy. Um, it looks like a big number to us. Uh, why do you think he says it and do you agree with him that it will have little impact on the larger economy? Uh, well, when you look into that amount, of course, for uh, people like us, uh, one billion is uh, quite huge. But when we look into uh, the size of private consumption last year, uh, this amount to $1.03 trillion uh, or equivalent to more than half of the GDP. So basically, one billion compared to a private consumption of one trillion is uh, just a 0.1%. But the... The intention is not really to lift up the economy through this uh, uh, transfer of one billion eh, to the pocket of uh, rakyat. But what exactly uh, the intention is to encourage people to start adopting the the e-wallet e or the cashless payment uh, as part of their lifestyle uh, uh, consumption and also expenditure. So this is actually uh, the the intention and. Imagine if this is just a possibility of the start of subsidy disbursement via the e-wallet. Uh, when we look into this year's subsidy uh, expenditure by the government, it's already reached about 80 billion. Uh, next year, government thinking about probably 54 to 56 billion of subsidy. And 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 if the government decided from, from next year, 
the 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 B forty people can only uh, get a discounted uh, fuel by uh, paying using e wallet. So the amount uh, can be transferred uh, via this uh, e wallet, and this actually uh, will become the real objective of the government to to control to or to ensure that the expenditure is meant for what they're supposed to be spent. And at the same time, um, uh, the data can be tracked easily through uh, this uh, technology. So I think there you've covered uh, perhaps one of the main reasons why the e-wallet push, right, in terms of how the cash handout was given out. But these platforms also offer quite a variety of cashbacks and benefits for different shops, different purposes. Overall, what did you think about um, the different benefits that were offered and what sectors do you think would actually um, gain the most? Yes, uh, every e-wallet provider, they, they do have their own way of encouraging uh, the users uh, to claim and start spending using their platform, some in form of the free reward point uh, and uh, majority, I think, uh, looking to offer the free vouchers to, to be spent on a selected merchant. Some even use uh, a possibility of winning a very attractive uh, prizes uh, like uh, cash prizes or even a very valuable item. But in the end, the the, the reason why uh, all these uh, e-wallet providers, providers um, decided to do all kind of this promotion and benefit is to encourage spending beyond that 100 ringgit. And this will help the certain uh, sectors to benefit, especially the retailers. And when we look into these retailers, uh, we are talking about uh, micro businesses, including SMEs, which actually um, going to uh, benefit in the long run, long run from this uh, kind of initiative. No, Dr. Osman, this, uh, this, this program also comes with many caveats. Uh, you can't use it, say, for instance, for peer-to-peer -peer transfers, cash redemptions, uh, utility bills, government fees, and online transactions, among others. Um, these are described as unnecessary. Is there economic or rationale, or in terms of what you just outlined as the government's real objective, uh, is there a, a rationale to have these restrictions? Yes, because... If we look at the restri this restriction, uh, when talking about peer-to-peer -peer transfer, when we look into government fees, and in fact, to a certain extent, the uh, utility bills, uh, the money given by the government will not trickle down to the real economy. The real economy here, where it's going to reach the retailer who is going to use the money for various uh, expenditure, including paying the salary of their workers. Because um, if we allow peer-to-peer, -peer, we don't know whether they're going to spend the money. Uh, and if uh, we use for the government fees, it's like you know giving back the money back to the government. And uh, even when you're talking about cash redemption, again, we do not know how the cash is going to be spent or it's just going to end up uh, as a saving. So the, the, the purpose of having this initiative is first to uh, demonstrate uh, to the users that uh, they have alternative to pay for product and services and they will realize that this is uh, easier than using or have to carry cash everywhere and eventually uh, this will facilitate uh, better uh, spending and in uh, higher income uh, to, to SMEs who started to adopt the, the, the technology uh, for, for, for the selling of their product and services. So uh, all this restriction is to ensure 
that the money will trickle down to the real economy rather than going to the saving or end up in the government coffers again. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the mechanism because um, seeing as this move is part of the government's efforts to push the digital economy forward, considering that the targeted beneficiaries might not all themselves be digital natives, do you think enough was done to educate people on how to actually claim the handout? Well, um, of course, um, there's a, a concern that uh, this uh, kind of adoption will be easier on those people living in the urban or um, well-educated. But again, when you're talking about monetary incentive, uh, such as this 100 ringgit, this is actually a very good motivation for the recipient to start learning how to claim the handout and eventually use the, the, the platform uh, as part of their normal uh, uh, behavior of uh, purchasing products and services. So um, education can be accelerated when it is uh, supported by this kind of uh, cash handout. So that's actually what uh, the government intend to do to accelerate the adoption of the use of uh, e-wallet or cashless payment through a monetary incentive. I wonder, uh, Doctor, we have enough information on the digital divide in Malaysia and, you know, and whether a program like this will uh, help map that better, especially for people living in rural areas who, for whom a smartphone might not be an investment they can make, even if there's a hundred ringgit uh, incentive. You know, how do we understand the, the extent of the digital divide in the country? Yes, uh, I think a couple of years ago, there has been a study to look into the use of cash. Uh, majority of uh, uh, the people still uh, use the cash. I think about 71 or 72 percent, but it has gone down from 80 plus. So meaning that the trend is more and more people use cashless payment, but it's not fast enough. And especially in the rural area, they are still sticking to the you know, paper paper money, uh, the cash. Uh, but when talking about the use of uh, devices, especially in the rural, whether they can afford to have uh, the smartphone to install the app and e-wallet, uh, of course, this is something that uh, the government uh, intend to um, figure out coming from the redemption or claim of this um, uh, e-wallet uh, e, e, e because let's say uh, this 1 billion is supposed to be disbursed and turn out only half being claimed and half of this coming from the urban. So there should be some uh, other alternative or mechanism. And uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, um, the government still haven't discounted the fact that there could be a possibility of using other form identification or platform to read, uh, to to, to redeem a certain uh, government handout. It could be the use of my card, but uh, I'm sure this is just a first step of many to towards uh, a, a high adoption of uh, e-wallet and cashless payment. And uh, and when talking about the, the, the plan for next year, when the PADU database uh, will be finally be launched, um, again, um, the, the, the use of the devices uh, or smartphone uh, probably can could be one of the possible option but uh, I, I'm not going to discount the possibility when the use of my card can also be part of it 
So in closing then, what other initiatives and focus areas are you hoping to see from the government to help bolster the economy? Well, this is a good start to encourage um, people adoption of using a technology because once it is part of the system, it's easier to track down the the where the the the, the people spend, which sector, and it can it will be easily for the government to 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 identify which area lack of liquidity and which area need a further fiscal stimulus, and eventually um, everything will be. Um, going to be a part of a bigger system. Uh, central bank already talking about an, another form of currency called CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, which going to be um, which is already uh, being um, studied, implemented uh, by more than 120 countries. So what we are looking here uh, is the push towards uh, a better uh, and secure uh, technology, but. The, the first step is to make sure people are comfortable with it, familiar with it, and uh, confident of using it before um, uh, we embark uh, on the uh, uh, holistic and comprehensive solution. Dr. Razman, thanks so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. That was Associate Professor Dr. Ahmad Razman Abdul Latif, Economic Analyst from Putra Business School, talking about the eMadani program. Um, we've been asking you whether you've redeemed your eMadani credit and what do you think of the program overall. You can call 7733 send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So we've got a couple of messages. Um, Anon starts us off saying, my mum, who is a pensioner, and my unmarried sister, who does not work, are both qualified, but I've warned them both. You don't need this money. Let others have it. Unfortunately, not many share this notion with me, and there will be others who want to scam people. Yeah, it's interesting, Anand, that you've kind of asked your mum and sister to kind of um, voluntarily withdraw from the system or not avail themselves of the it, system. It's not a first-come, first-serve, though. I wonder, though, because when you think about it, right, we're about 32 million uh, in total population. It cannot be that 10 million are people who earn less than 100,000 and the remaining 20 million earn more than 100,000. Mm. I'm guessing the people who earn less than 100,000 a year are more than 10 million. I mean, that's just my sure. sort of ballpark figure idea. But so, yeah, is there, um, is there an argument, an ethical argument for not availing yourself of money when you don't need it? I think, actually, for me, I didn't view it that way um, because I think that you can look at this, and I'm coming at it from a privileged perspective. Um, I, I think that you can look at it both as a need a need and a cash handout, um, or as just the government is giving this out. You qualify, ergo you take it, because, you know, it's in a sense yours. Yeah, true. And I think just following this uh, very interesting uh, interview with uh, Dr. Rahman, um, Razman, I, I was just struck because I think I just read the headlines, Lynn. I didn't even think about, I assumed it was a transfer project, you know, with all the sure. kind of things. But what he's saying, it's really about digital transformation. It's about getting better. The first step in uh, putting in place a system where the government can not only track, but also then 
you know, withdraw from subsidies, but then give people money in order to compensate them. Uh, money and money to use in specific ways, which yeah. is something that others are bringing up. Chia says, got it yesterday. Disappointed that I will that I was unable to use it for Zapfan. Even more disappointed that it can't be used to pay bills. And we'll return to that point because others are also saying the same thing. Let us know. We are talking today about the e-Madani program. We'd like to hear from you. Have you redeemed your credit, um, that 100 ring credit? What do you think of the program? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Buggy free minimum. BFM eighty nine point nine. The business station. It is 5.39 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about the Imadani Redemption Program, that 100 ringgit credit that if you qualify, you can get on four e-wallets. Uh, so there's been a lot of chatter about it, um, about its impact, but also, you know, just basic stuff, whether or not people have actually successfully applied for it, uh, what they can or can't use it for. So we're asking you, have you redeemed your e-Madani credit? What do you think of the program? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, on the line with us, we've got a caller. We've got Linda. Linda Good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi. Just to share this, um, I had asked a few friends who had tried to apply for the Imadani because I tried yesterday and it was not successful, meaning that I couldn't get through. And they said that because it was overloaded with people applying for it yesterday. So I guess everybody must have been quite uh, excited to do this. I, I don't blame them. So this friend of mine, I checked with him just a while ago and he said that even his housewife mum had a uh, rejected uh, application. Her, her application was rejected. So I'm wondering why. Is it the system? And he, uh, this person that I know, his salary is only uh, slightly less than 3,000 ringgit. And he was rejected as well. And um, this is a little um, concern because if the infra or the support of the system, which is allowing people to apply, is not able to cope with the number of people applying for it, um, although I hear the minister saying there's a lot of time till February next year, but people don't want to wait. They would always want to apply for it quickly because they would have forgotten and things like that. And most of these people I know who have got rejections are people who are applying through one of the e-apps which is the touch and go so I said to them try a different app then and listening to what Dr. Razman had said earlier this is how they collect data the uh, habits of people in Malaysia how they actually spend their money and this is going to be an easy way to make uh, data collection uh, cheaper in some ways by, you know, having people uh, being seen through the uh, their expenditures through e-wallet. And besides that, I think this is one way to encourage people to use the e-wallet, to download apps like Sato, Me, and also uh, Touch and Go, which are all, all local apps. But if this is going to prolong, like not being able to get through and being rejected, Although you fulfill all the criteria expected or written down, uh, this is going to be a big question mark and people get, you know, sort of like um, put off from wanting to apply. Um, I know that there are 33 to 35 million Malaysians um, 
in this country or there are Malaysians, 33 to 35 million Malaysians. But according to Dawson, it's about almost 9 million uh, children or people below the age of 18. So below the age of 21 could be more than that. So the payout is only going to be given to about 25 million or 24 million people. So that's my thought on this. Um, wanting to feel uh, a bit better about the give out, just like the way we had got it through our e-wallets, the 30 ringgit we had uh, years ago, which was so simple, so easy. How can the system be more difficult than it was before? Hmm. Uh, Linda, I was curious to know, of the people you know who have gotten rejected, um, how did they feel? Do they intend to try again or were they feeling disheartened? You know, What was the reaction? Okay, his reaction was like, huh, they think my salary is 100,000 ringgit and above. <laughs> You know, that means he's frustrated and he's annoyed, but he's also ridiculing the whole system. Mm. Linda, can I just, for clarity, have you applied for this uh, e-wallet? Did you get the 100 ringgit? Yeah, yesterday I applied and I couldn't uh, apply for it because I was told it was jammed up. Okay, then after that, I reapplied, I applied again and it said I got rejected. So it says, please submit. Uh, resubmit because maybe there's some of your details. Some details are not correct. So I resubmitted. Find you the button which says resubmit on. It just comes back to rejected. <laughs> rejected. So why do you ask me to resubmit? I don't have to resubmit, right? Linda, uh, it yeah, must I, not take one second to tell me rejected. It must take some time to go through the application. Absolutely. Linda, thank you so much for calling and for sharing. I think um, actually that sense of frustration is one that anytime, this is the thing, right? Anytime a citizen rubs up against the bureaucracy of the government, I think this is the reaction that we tend to have, that feeling of, huh? <laughs> Wait, how exactly does this work? Where exactly else am I supposed to go? Especially when you have Sure, you have four options, but there may be one that you prefer, right? Or, or two that you prefer, um, two others that you don't even use. And so then I think the questions become how many hoops you want to jump through just to get this money. Right. And uh, some of the options are actually incentivized. The main bank has a, a competition. You can win a Proton uh, car, mm. you know, and so another uh, cashback. So I think between the uh, e-wallet providers, there might be some competition as well. But I, I do wonder about frustration because I thought culturally, Malaysians always apply for things at the last minute. Clearly, this is not the case. Oh, no, I didn't expect that to, to happen here because uh, for the exact reason that Linda described, which is that... If you do it later, you might forget. Then what? You're just leaving money in the bank. You know? So, so you've <laughs> oh, got to get that else's going. bank, the government's well, bank. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, we also have this message from um, John Denver, who says, I just experienced a first-class assistance in uh, Maybank Newdown, Newtown PJ in securing the 100 ringgit. So that's interesting because it means that, um, John, you actually received money digitally, but sought help offline in order to get it. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, a fascinating thing, right? But, and I think maybe there's a generation that's also very much more comfortable having a human interface in trying to make that first step into the digital world. So, you know, John, maybe that's what uh, was happening there. Uh, John also said that... Um, it was at a time where there was a death in the family, so the award has come in timely. So I think we were speaking earlier about the impact of um, 100 Ringgit, and it's good to know, I mean, I'm sorry for your loss, but it's good to know that it did in fact have an impact for you.
Right. And uh, and we were talking about the question of, uh, you know, whether 50 ringgit would be an incentive enough to make the effort, whether 100 is the kind of sweet spot between something excessive like 200 ringgit and not. And I think for government and policy plans, they're always looking for this thing. What will nudge people to behave or change their behavior? Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of public policy, social experiment uh, type of thing. Keep those thoughts coming. We'd like to hear from you um about the e-Madani program. So 100 ringgit e-wallet credit across four e-wallets. You are eligible if you are Malaysian who's aged 21 years and above as of this year. And also if you earn an annual income of 100,000 ringgit and below. Uh, So have you redeemed your e-Madani credit? What do you think of the program? That number to call 7733-2900. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, that was Florence and the Machine with You've Got the Love. It is 5.50 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. Today we are talking about the Imadani program and asking you for your thoughts as well as your experiences, particularly if you actually applied to try and get that 100 ringgit e-wallet credit. Did you get it? Uh, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We've got a couple of voice notes. Uh, let's start off with this one from Bing. Raising aw- raising awareness for e adoption. So that's this what e Madani wallet is all about. But what does it actually do good? I don't think so. How much is a plate of economy rice now? Okay lah, say you just take one meat or one vegetable. That might cost you seven ringgit or eight ringgit depending on an area. Right? And these are for for the poor. Right? Normally they have what? Three children. So within three meals, your whole one hundred ringgit wallet will be gone. You know, and that's three days. Or within a day. So will they help? I don't know. Adoption of E? Well, think about it. If you are already struggling with 100 ringgit in a week or in a day, do you think you are capable of buying a handphone? Let alone have a savings account. So what are we talking about here? You do do not help eradicate the the, the poor uh, from E adoption. Whilst the one who can afford this hundred ringgit will be spent within a minute, all right. And you want everyone to be digitized? Well, think about a handphone. How much one handphone costs nowadays? I don't know whether you even have if in the poorer classes is enough money to even own a phone. That's that's more important than that. So I guess this is a nominal fallacy, lah. It's just a shock scenario, lah. Bing, thank you for that. Um, I, I, I think that there are a few points in there. I see where you're coming from. I'm not sure that if we can, I'm not sure that we can necessarily have a common sense link through to the whole idea of if you're struggling with 100 ringgit a week that you might not own a, a handphone. You know, there are just certain things. I'm not sure about those assumptions. But if we bring it back to what we heard from our guest earlier, Dr. Um, Razman, who was making the point that this is not to be seen in the same way as BRIM. Um, it's not necessarily to be seen as assistance as such. 
and more as a way to encourage um, digital adoption among some and, and to track spending among that some, as opposed to thinking about this being a wide-reaching thing. Maybe it makes more sense. Yeah, uh, I agree with Lynn, you know, being that um, I think in one way you... you immediately identified the, the objectives correctly, something that I didn't even uh, see uh, that was part of the thing, which was that the, it was about uh, digitizing the economy and getting people on board on this as a road to solving problems in the future, right? So the government's looking at reducing subsidies. How will they then compensate? How will they find um, a mechanism that best um, sort of is precise in its use, uh, and so on and so forth. So I think that um, the subsidiary um, effect, like, you know, you can uh, buy food or something, that I think is probably less important. It seems, in fact, I think you recognise that. We've also got another voice note that came in from TIDJ. I applied and I got it within 40 minutes. Um, I have colleagues of mine who on paper should be eligible, but I suspect the, the big difference is these people earn under the income tax bracket and they do not file with LHDN. So most people I know who, are, who have been rejected have not been filing with LHDN. And I suspect the, the government is probably cross-checking to see like, do you really earn? And perhaps the second benefit of this Imadani program and those getting rejected is that even if you earn below below the tax bracket, but when you are earning, you need to be filing your income taxes. Uh, TIDJ, thank you for that. I, I think that actually you make a really good point about the about the e filing um, and about the kind of cross checking that might be happening. Yeah. So there. Um, so we all know that the tax base in the country is very small. Yeah. Uh, who's paying income tax and who's um, and and then for the rest of them, are they in fact not earning enough? Or they're earning, but they are not declaring, right? Yes. So those these things get very complicated. And the government, I think, must, especially today, is looking to recover as much taxes as they can. So any form of digitization, I think, is going to help them do that. We've also got Lokman who says alternative is needed not only for rural areas with internet limitations, but also in urban areas for the elderly in OKU who cannot effectively and safely use e-transactions where they may be susceptible to digital crime and scammers. Um, the solution from the government needs to be inclusive to all levels of digital users. I agree with Lokman, you know, that's, I think, the ideal. But in trying getting at that horizon, you might actually have to have several stages uh, ah, to yes. consolidate uh, those on the on this side of the digital divide as well, people already there, uh, to make sure that they're all on board. And then with the people on the other side is to find uh, bespoke solutions for them. It's also that, and I think, again... Um Again, there appears to be a gap between the marketing of the Imadani and what the government might be hoping really to get out of it, right? Because understandably, the way in which it's being, not sold, but the way in which it's being communicated to us is that it's meant for us, it's meant to alleviate cost of living, it's meant to show a certain amount of care. Um, but as is quite clear um, from, from our discussion today or from the various points that are being brought up, that that is definitely part of it, but it may not be the primary drive for why it is that they've done it and why it is that they've done it specifically this way. Um, Nadia says, I don't qualify, but I applied anyway and got rejected, which is fine. Um, but I know someone who doesn't qualify either, but got approved, which is strange. Hmm. That's curious. Yeah. So why? what was going on? And Nadia, would you have... Um 
Could you speculate as to why somebody who you think is not qualified actually yeah, yeah. got approved? Because we don't know salaries here. So I, I think that um, it's hard to guess why that might be. Uh, also because we have, like we said, been discussing that point about e-filing, right? And how much that, that factors in where the cross-checking is actually happening, all of that stuff. Um, Rose says, sometimes it appears that no matter what the government does to help, we'll never be happy. Perhaps they should donate a dollar for every complaint instead. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the complaints choir uh, sings best, I think. I mean, look... Uh, I think the government learns when people complain. I mean, I think if they listen carefully to why it is that people are complaining, they will. There's a kind of learning curve uh, which can only make them better if they actually put it into practice later on. Yeah, I think actually the main thing for me is maybe understanding why people are complaining and and assessing that properly. Um, Because if people are complaining about, say, the amount, then, you know, that's just, I I don't understand that. But if people are having serious complaints about the the bureaucracy of it, or they are having genuine, not just FAQ difficulties, but real difficulties with it, then it might be worth looking at why, especially if we're pushing towards a larger digital adoption, you know, um, because then these are just things that we'll have to revisit time and time again. Keep those thoughts coming. We'd like to hear from you um, about the eMadani program. So... 100 ringgit e-wallet credit across four e-wallets. Uh, you are eligible if you are Malaysian who's aged 21 years and above as of this year. And also if you earn an annual income of 100,000 ringgit and below. Uh, so have you redeemed your e-Madani credit? What do you think of the program? That number to call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.